Jay Zukowski asks, is the team ever going to wear the 100 season jerseys? <laughs> <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone out there listening to this, the ninth episode of the second season of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Brown. Everything you're about to hear was recorded on December 14th when Rob Gilreath and I were joined by Ryan Johnson from Johnson's Jerseys and David Bidco Cummings, uh, who you might know from Twitter. He's a big UMD fan and married to our very own meanie girl, Beth Lynn. Uh, We had them on to discuss jerseys, including the complications of the authentic 100 season jersey sale and how all that works, the jersey sale in general, plus just a general discussion of favorite jerseys throughout college hockey. It's kind of fun to change things up with the holiday coming up anyway. This podcast also includes a discussion on flow hockey, which some of you I'm sure will really enjoy based on some of our feedback. That might just end up being a Patreon-only segment. I haven't decided yet. If you're looking for a preview of the series on Alabama Huntsville, go find it near the end of last week's episode. Um, episode 8 for the podcast called Merry Christmas. Patreon.com slash Tech Hockey Guide is how we get funds to support the podcast, to get all of our equipment and software and everything like that. We'll be doing a monthly Zoom chat as a special feature with a special guest. Our next guest will be former Husky and current Youngstown Phantom head coach Brad Patterson. If you sign up at the white level or above, you'll be able to check that out and get a shout out on the podcast. Since the podcast has started, we've done extended versions and early access to the podcast for our patrons at the black level or above. Uh, This level or above also includes an authentic MTU jersey patch once you've given a total of $10 to make up for the cost of the patch. And then we've got the $10 above level, which is the gold level, which now includes the video version of the podcast, which comes out even a day earlier. I basically try and get up get that up sometime the morning after we record which is usually tuesday mornings all right now let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor and we'll come right back mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back. Let's get right into the discussion recorded earlier. Take it away, Tim Brown from two weeks ago. But I can't help but that I was extremely disappointed when CCHA announced that they would be partnering with flow because I the like the I know I was a little low on my guesstimate of the price point for NCHC last week it's is it it's a hundred bucks a year I want to say 120 120 and there must be a hundred bucks if you pick your team yeah this year because it's wonky you actually get 12 months so 
mine will be good until the end of uh, next November, when usually it was like 110 or so, and you you could get it from, you know, the whole season, you know, October to March. But it's a little bit different this year. Well, and that was the other thing, I think, when I was going over liner notes with Matt Cavender last week, his point was the, uh, what is the, what is the annual pass for flow? Rob? You're the, uh, you somewhere around, some, I don't know, I just put my number in. It's somewhere around 150. I'm going to pay for it anyways. They could charge me way more than they need to, and I would still go through. But I think it's like 150 for the year. Yeah, mm. so I it's like say. 150 for the year, which, uh, like the, t- so what is that? Like $12, $13 a month, somewhere in there. A little higher than that, whatever. One of the things that he pointed out was that $12, $15 a month is a fine price to pay for streaming. But the only way to get that price point is to pay for the whole year. You can't pay $15 a month for the five, six months of hockey season and then not have it. Right. You have to pay for the whole year when, like yeah. we said, nobody, none of us are watching the uh, Barbershop Quartet finals or whatever else was on there that we talked about last yeah. week <laughs> yeah uh, there's a lot of options but it's the spike ball championships it's yeah right <laughs> it's a platform that knows it has a large collection of niche sports that people are going to pay for so they can take advantage of that you know i've never watched espn plus but i wonder if there might be some minimal uh feed standards that keep the you know, the WCHA or the CCHA in the future from considering it. I've never watched ES, ESPN Plus. Do they have any what we would consider to be subpar broadcasts getting on there? Because I'm sure there's a few schools in a WCHA that are probably towards the bottom end of the production uh, quality schedule. I think Tech puts out a pretty superb product in that regard. But some of the schools, you know, we've watched their broadcasts and go, there's not one replay through the whole game. It's one high camera. So I wonder if potentially there might be some minimal broadcast standard they insist on if you want to put your program. I'm not sure, but they they do. It's one of the one of the Eastern conferences was on ESPN Plus or is on ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. and I have watched other Eastern hockey games on ESPN Plus. So you know, it's not like it's unobtainable for a, you know, a college program to put content up there from a hockey perspective. Yeah, there, Northern there's and always Cornell that played there. on that last year. Correct, yeah. 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 Yep. yeah, I don't know what kind of requirements it has, but Rob, haven't you watched, like, second yeah. division German soccer on there without commentary? That was Fox last year. Fox, Fox last, last year, year didn't okay. put any commentary on the, on the second Bundesliga. But okay. uh, this year I use ESPN Plus every Saturday morning to watch German soccer, and it, I would love to have two of my sports you know, needs, if you will, converge on one page, on one cost, right? That'd be fantastic. But nope, I have a bunch of disparate streaming, so whatever. Get you through the weekend <laughs> with sports. So anyway, um, the I forgot that we did get a question. Oh, yeah, and it was a good one, too. I, I really meant to answer this. So this kind of maybe this is why I saved it. So we can kind of start with this for the the start of this podcast. Maybe it'll happen this weekend and this will be moot. But Jay Zukowski asks, is the team ever going to wear the 100 season jerseys? <laughs> 
I honestly feel bad. I mean, they're meant to be like a showcase of the hundred season in front of the fans, a special yeah, thing, and, right? And we have you know the COVID yeah. shit show. <laughs> so yeah, how could it? How come they didn't wear it that first weekend? I thought they could wear it against Mankato. It's like your home opener. Why not do it that weekend? What are they? They must be saving it for something. I don't know what they're waiting for. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some discussion going on that they just get held until next year yeah. or Carnival. Maybe that's the reveal at Carnival, but Carnival's traditionally been golds, right, Ryan? I think they come out this weekend. It's rivalry weekend. That's you a, know yeah. this could be the big reveal. I I think you might have a point there too that Northern was what they were intended to be revealed with, yeah. you know, and and that not being there. Well, I think they were intended to be revealed against Michigan, but that's not well, for sure. Yeah. Obviously, so, yep. So yeah. Northern yeah. makes sense, I guess. Because Michigan also did a a little cream colored throwback this year, not executed to the level of Tex. It was kind of bland. It's just arched Michigan with a number on the chest, but. They kind of did the full kit with the matching gloves, socks, breezers, helmets. It's the full package, but it's quite frankly a really boring design. Not that I have any love for Michigan anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that's been anticipated and was was announced, right? And now we haven't seen them yet. So it just brings (laughs) that anticipation level up a little bit more each time. Yeah, I, I really need to make some time... Since we're talking about the 100-year jersey, this will be the Patreon segment for that podcast. I don't really want it out in the public, but I'm uh, I'm having fun dealing with the university on the jersey order because there's been so much interest. I know they're concerned that the numbers seem outrageous for the reach to have been mainly tech fans and mainly misfits, and I kind of disagree with that since i see the list like i wouldn't be surprised if there's 50 some of those jerseys that are people that were reached via reddit and all that stuff there i mean there's been interest i know you don't have a piece on the form for are you a tech fan but yeah there seems to be a decent amount of interest just from college hockey fans i don't know from an outside perspective biddy if you had the opportunity to actually get a game's a game quality jersey rather than the replica style that's always out there. Is that something you would jump at from a UMD perspective? I would I definitely would. I think right. the issue is they're at a good price. They're the actual jersey and you get it lettered and numbered. That's pretty great. Like UMD, you can get the authentic jerseys and they're unbelievably expensive. They're like $300 for like yeah. an authentic Under Armour jersey. And and it's a whole other step. People don't know where to get it numbered and lettered, but people want that, but schools don't offer that. And I think that's what's yeah. so great about what, Tim, you've done is you have a chance for people to get that. I'm a little surprised University Images isn't going to, like, figure a way that they can just do it on their own and make that money and, like, push you out of it. But I think that's where it is, is people really want the nice, authentic, game-worn jerseys or the authentic jerseys and then lettered and numbered to look super, super nice. You can send Exclusive Pro your authentic jersey, and they will authentically number and name it however you want. Now, some jerseys are harder to do. The big thing that Exclusive Pro told me on the cream jerseys was any jersey that, or the 100-year jersey, any of the jerseys that come to them with that, they wanted us to make sure that CCM 
gave them the nameplate with the jersey because it's hard to get that cream color nameplate. They can get it, but it's a lot easier if it just comes from the from CCM and then they take it off, letter it, and put it back on, versus getting a hold of that material. But like, I know it's a decent amount of work for Brad, but I don't think he realizes how much work I've saved him over the years by, like, the first yeah. time we ordered jerseys under this new system, the jerseys all went to tech. Brad went through them all, or whoever was doing it at the time. I don't think it was Brad then. Um, so he went through all of them, made sure they matched and then gave them to the misfits. So then the misfits had to sort them by who's buying locally and who's buying elsewhere. Then they all had to get shipped to me so that I could ship them to everybody else in the country, (laughs) which is a giant step and a pain in the ass. Whereas now that I've got the relationship with exclusive pro exclusive pro sidesteps that ships them directly to me. So then I spend like three days in my basement, sorting them all figuring out which ones are going to Houghton, putting them in a box, then giving them to you, David, or, <laughs> yeah. or Dustin, I, I do my part. Or, or Rob, or whoever yeah, I, is going to Houghton next that I see, and they get to Houghton, and then they get, because that, isn't that what happened last year, Rob? Yeah, I did one, I think last yeah, year is one of them I took. I gave them to you yeah. in Appleton, you took them to your dad in Iron Mountain, and your dad took them to Houghton. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and other years it's been David, and other years it's been Dustin, like, Somebody's going to Houghton semi-regularly, so that's not that hard to find to save me the hundred and some dollars that it is to ship and well, the insure. Other, the other piece that I don't think, you know, you, you brought it up a couple times and alluded to it a couple times, is that a lot of that money goes back to the Misfits in the end. Yep. We basically paid for their trip to Huntsville right? through the jersey sale. Yep. That was in, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, and I, I honestly didn't know that myself until a couple of months ago when Tim, no, when Tim mentioned that. Basically, what happens with all the profits is it gets it gets split three ways. I get about a third for all the effort I put in. Michigan or The tech hockey guy gets about a third to operate, which we don't need as much now thanks to the Patreon money. And then the other third goes to the Misfits for for to help support them um so basically and it all comes down to like basically what happens is every jersey gets marked up about twenty dollars from what the cost i am told is and the whole reason it's twenty dollars is because there's unknowns of how many people i actually need to ship to how much it's going to cost because i like that price i get quoted does not include the cost to ship from exclusive pro to me and then all the shipping costs after that and whether or not I have to bribe Bethlin to help me or yeah. whoever. Uh, so that's basically what happens. And basically what usually ends up happening then is about $4 of every jersey goes to the Misfits and $4 goes to Tech Hockey, or to Tech Hockey Guide for operating. And then $4 goes to me for the hours and hours of work dealing with all your emails asking me where your jersey is for four months. I've already got like seven of those in my inbox asking what's going on with the 100th year jersey. Like people have oh, no patience yeah. for this at all. I mean, the demand is huge for it. it, it it's crazy, the demand for it. and Yeah, but it's also like... The, one of the things that's the hardest part of my job right now is all three of the other jerseys that we're considering ordering are somewhere between an interest level of like 18 and 27. Hmm. 
And wow. part of the problem is, is there's a lot of people that say, I want one jersey and I'll take any of these styles, which is what I want to know. Like, I'm completely happy knowing that. But when all three styles are at that same point, it's a lot of juggling to figure out which one mm-hmm. I should pick to know. Like, basically, everybody that told me I want one jersey and I'll take any of these three, I, I sent them an email and said, I need to know your priorities. Which one do you want first? Like, at third. And then I changed whatever they said first to an X because that's how I track it in the chart that uh, like an X means this is the one I want. A T means like I need to decide which one. And then I've got numbers in now for the ones that have told me. So I can kind of figure out, okay, whoever hits that, that 25 threshold first is the one that we order. Um, But I haven't figured that out yet because I haven't like, it's just life's too busy right now, honestly, uh, to really figure it out. And then, and I'm still waiting on prices from the school to really know what stuff costs because I can't get that info directly, which the biggest problem is, is if the school could find a way to give me, basically treat me like I'm another rep for the school from that perspective. Like, and I don't, I don't really see a problem with that as long as everybody knows it's like only these things I can buy. Um, and it's not like CCM's doing football jerseys or anything else that it matters um this is the stuff but uh, and i don't see like i think the rep that i speak to is specifically jerseys i don't think he does like the equipment side and obviously i don't need the equipment and i'm not going to try and get the equipment but it is an interesting spot to put me in where like i've already invested a ton of hours like managing this already and then to say we want to give it to university images now there is another aspect of this that if University Images comes back with a decent price point, I won't be opposed to it because that 100th season jersey order is like $40,000. Holy crap. <laughs> like, wow. And that's low end. Like if 225 people order this jersey at $200 a pop, that's forty grand plus. And that's a lot of money for me to manage through PayPal and Venmo and and the Cash App and all that stuff. Um, (laughs) I think part of Brad's concern is all of the juggling that he's doing right now with all the extra work he has with COVID, with stuff changing at the last minute so much. And I Mm -hmm. get it. Um, Like, I would have zero problem if he said, we're not going to do it this way, but we're not ordering until after hockey season. That's fine. But the whole reason I was kind of bugging him was because, was it you, Brian, that kind of pointed out, like, if we can get this order in by Christmas, we might get jerseys by the end of the season because these companies might not be very busy right now, which is completely possible. But it's never happened before. Like, basically, the best case scenario on these jersey orders is that – I can get them to you in time so you can give them to your friend for Christmas. <laughs> That's basically been the tradition, and it's usually rolled over into January. You know, one thing I'd like to throw in there, and, and I hope that this comes out in a discussion with Tech and that they realize, you know, what a unique opportunity this is for the fans. You know, as somebody who is obviously a big collector, I've probably talked directly to at least 50 of the Division One programs and it's amazing to how, to me how many fans reach out to me and their first question is, how did you get this game jersey from the team? And that's the used stuff 
to say nothing of being able to order a personalized jersey with the name and number of their choice. And that's really what got me started in the hobby 25 years ago was I just wanted something better than some $70 cheap hollow mesh replica jersey the university wanted to push on me just because it had the school logo on it. I'm like, no, I'm a big hockey fan. I want something that's really nice to wear. And this is a unique opportunity for tech fans. And I hope that's not lost on the university that, you know, we kind of pride ourselves on being a little closer knit community, you know, Houghton versus the world. We're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. The hockey team is special. It's the only division one sport on campus. And I hope that really is is considered in this whole process that tech has always kind of prided itself as a little tighter knit family type university as much as they'd like to be in the big time in the limelight. It's still a small town uh, university that happens to have a, a worldwide reach through some of the things that we do with our engineering programs. And we happen to have division one hockey as well. So I hope in the end, it doesn't just come down to looking at man hours of labor and dollars and cents and who's not getting what. And then we just look at it as you have a very rabid and excited fan base that loves to support tech hockey. And this is a unique opportunity for them. Well, it's a rabid fan base that supported tech hockey, regardless of, of the team itself. A lot of the times, right? I mean, Tim's experience with tech hockey starts in an era of absolute awful, right? (laughs) When did you start watching tech hockey, Ryan? Uh, 1992. And I don't also awful. (laughs) So yeah, I don't think Tim's era actually qualifies as awful. It didn't even get that good. It's below awful. Right. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about people that it's, it's one of their big connections to a school they've gone to. They're still supporting the school. They're still looking to represent the school across the country, as well as with this Jersey interest being non-tech people as well that are excited about getting a product from a school in the middle of nowhere that they wouldn't even know about otherwise because of the hockey program. It's a huge, I think, an advertising showpiece. And that's one of the reasons why hockey exists in the form that it does at Tech still. It is a huge advertising piece. That's what athletics is to a university. It's it's an entertainment and advertising piece for any university. To not take advantage of the opportunities you're given when the demand is there just doesn't make sense to me. Well, and I think if we can come up with that piece where basically that pot's getting split four ways now instead of three, which for a 200 jersey order I don't have any problem with. I think we can get there. It's just I haven't invested the time because I'm too tired with everything else and mm-hmm. um, busy with work and balancing life and Christmas is coming and all that stuff. Even though you guys will probably hear this after Christmas because that's when I'll get around to editing this part. Because <laughs> one of the things that they talked about being concerned about is that the fact that these 100-year jerseys or 100-season jerseys are going to get auctioned off at some point. And about the fact that if 200-some people have this jersey, even though it's not game-worn, that it might depreciate the value of those 20-some jerseys. And I think, Ryan, I asked you this directly on Slack, but I I don't see that. Because um, if I get the chance to buy one of those jerseys, for a semi-decent price, I'm probably going to do it because I still don't have a game-worn. And just look at the 
um, look at the the rabid amount of interest in the the crappy cheap jerseys that they've <laughs> raffled off. Like, you still don't have a camo jersey, do you? Still looking, still hoping, <laughs> still praying, still trying to wheel and deal. Yeah, you know the uh, the quest continues. But uh, to to your point, Tim, about I don't think the 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 pool of people who go after those auction jerseys is completely separate from the people that we're yeah, working with sure. uh, from Tech Hockey Guide. And I almost think that the raffled auction jerseys are almost like a little special privilege for the local fans because. As me sitting in Denver, I have tried to fight tooth and nail to get my money in that auction. And they're, uh, well, you know, we really don't want to take out-of-town bids. And they've kind of loosened it a little bit the last couple of years on Facebook. It was an absolute disaster of a process. But <laughs> yeah. folks like me were able to win. What they What they really should do is go pick, like a quarter of the jerseys at random and put them on a legit auction site and do the rest locally so that everybody has a chance, but the locals get favored because they're the ones buying the season tickets. But yeah, like, and you said, I think in our chat that like, it is a special privilege for the locals. And then it's also something where it's either, you know, my kid went to school with Ray Bryce, so I'm going to bid this up. Or it's actually Ray Bryce's parents that are trying to get a hold of their kid's jersey uh, to have. And that's not really going to change because even if even if the Bratzmans bought a jersey last year for me, they're still going to want to try and get Alex's jersey if they get a chance. Um, and you're still going to want to bid even if you were to buy this 100-year jersey um, I think last week in the podcast, I told Dustin he should just wait and save his money for the 100th season auction. Because to me, that that's that's something I don't have in my collection right now. I really want to get one of those. I would have tried harder last year on the Facebook auction, but it was that the dog paw one, right? Like the Yeah, it was the paw. paw. Whatever. It was definitely yeah. the worst of the three they've done. The, they had the camel one. What was the other one they did? There was three of them. There's right? a Thatcher one for the Thatcher. flood relief. Oh, the yeah. Thatcher. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I would have definitely been up for having the Thatcher or the uh, the camel one. I think the camel was honestly the best of the three that they did. And the thing you got to keep in mind is that you could do a very simple division. You don't know who's playing that night. You've got to order everybody a jersey auction the ones in-house for the guys who are on the roster that night. Anybody who didn't suit up, throw them on the internet, and they're going to bring just as high a dollars and probably, I would say, 50% more just because mm. of the number of people that would have access to an online auction versus yep. having to go through the Facebook thing. And it, Especially it got, if you did it the way you've always talked about the jerseys, how let's say there's five kids or eight kids that didn't dress and all the auctions get reset if anybody bids on any of them so that if I decide I'm done with number 17, I can go bid on 18 because that one's lower and it just drives up every price because you just want one of them. You don't care which one. So you'll just yep. keep bidding on whatever the lowest one is potentially. Yep. There'll be certain people that are focused, but there'll be enough of you that just want one that it keeps driving up all of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that's a, a fair way to, to do this. Or, or like I said, for tech, since these cream hundred season jerseys are probably going to get worn multiple games and potentially through next season they'll be used, that you just randomly pick 
five, six, eight numbers out of a hat, and those are the ones that get auctioned online, and the rest are in person. So I think that's a good way to do it, and and I wouldn't be surprised if I specifically recommend that to them whenever they get there, or if I get a chance. One of the other points that kind of comes circles around on this is some of you might be surprised that when I talk about this on the podcast, I leave out the road black jersey for ordering this year. Um, the biggest reason I'm doing that is because I don't think we can get a jersey that would be that I can call authentic to what the team wears anymore huh. because it's the older style. The creams and the golds have been changed over to the CCM box. I, Ryan, is there an actual name for that style of jersey? Like a number think, or a... I think in the it? industry terms, it's more of a box cut as opposed to the edge template that the team had been using. And they've changed the quality as well. You know, with the previous set of the cream and the gold jerseys and the black jerseys, you know, you had individual stripes of material sewn together where your sleeves were multiple pieces of fabric. And now those... Um, Colors are they're knit right in there. Uh, they're they are glorious too. Yeah, it's it's a lighter quality fabric and it's just a different method of construction. So to your point, Tim, no, it doesn't literally match what's on the ice anymore. It might be the heaviest duty option they make today, mm-hmm. but it's not what the team yeah, is un- wearing until the team replaces the current black jerseys with the CCM box style black jersey of the same style. I can't sell it to you as authentic and tell you that's what the team's wearing, so I'm not going to do it. I can't. Like, it's not sure. um, It's not fair to ask you to pay for an authentic jersey, even though this is that would probably be what the team will wear next year or the year after whenever they get around to change, like replacing that set. But until they do, that's not an authentic jersey, even though it is what the team will order the next time they order. But... I don't know if that, who knows what will happen by then if, if you know, uh, lots of decisions get made at different times that could result in the next black jersey not being the same look, like, even if it's a the same cut uh, as yeah. we're wearing that we could get this year, there's no guarantee that they don't decide to change the look of the jersey beyond that. So I can't do that, 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 that just... I mean, if, if I got 25 people that said, I don't care, I still want it, I'd, I'd probably still struggle with that because then they just, they could get it and still be pissed off. So, <laughs> and I've been through that with a couple people when the, the first time this happened and I didn't even know what was happening when we ordered the, was it the cream? The second cream order. Yeah. yeah well, that whenever we ordered the jerseys that one year, like two years ago and everything was different than like... The team got new jerseys that year too, so I it's not my fault. And the product on the ice is the same as what you got, but it was a big mess because the sizing's different and it was it complicated things for me because a couple guys ordered jerseys a size smaller than they should have, so when they got it and it didn't fit, they blamed me because the number was smaller than what they ordered. But it was a sizing change that I mean, I made it right, but by giving up like jerseys out of my own collection uh, because they were too big for me now. But uh. the like I could lay down the jersey they bought and the jersey I had 
and show them that like the sizing was not like I, I could lay down my own gold jersey that was the size that they ordered and the jersey they got and show that the jersey they got was actually bigger than the jersey they should have got even though the sizing was four numbers smaller. So what didn't fit was your own belly, not my jersey <laughs> that I got you. It was a big mess. And I'll, and I'll tell you, Tim, to go back to your last point about, um, you know, the black jerseys maybe being reordered. As the resident jersey guy, I hope we never reorder jerseys. I love to see a new design. Every time we have to change uh, black jerseys, gross. it's Stop. time for something new. And... Uh, Script Huskies across the front. We can have that on one jersey. We don't need three sets of them. <laughs> I vehemently disagree with you. <laughs> you would hate being a UMD fan. We've had the same jerseys, home and road, with varying manufacturers and slight differences for like 15 years. But Try try 50, David. 50? Yeah. yeah the, the, well, what's the, interesting, what's interesting about UMD jerseys is I never can find anything before 1980. Like, they don't exist. I don't know yeah. what they all they all got thrown away back in the day or whatever, but they they don't seem to exist pre nineteen eighty, almost nothing. Yep, which is probably a pretty common thing for a lot of programs. A lot of that stuff has gone to fans, and they've either become heirlooms or they have no idea what they are, and they went to Goodwill and they became oil change rags. Yep. Well, <laughs> sure. you have no idea what they are. My one time I saw a eBay. Like an, end, an eBay auction, it had ended. It was a UMD jersey from the 60s. I've never seen that before, but it was misled. Like someone, it was like University of Washington rugby jersey or something. It was like totally wrong. And I'm like, oh, that's a, that's like never seen. You, know, you could tell it was like worn. You know, it's like a 60s jersey. You never see that, but it was on eBay, totally mislabeled. And I wonder who bought that, where that is, or, you know, what, Why what church, you buy what it? basement. Because the auction had ended already. Oh, okay. You just randomly found it, yeah. That's I just I think Dirty found it for me. That's fun. I know you. I know Ryan. You found a couple tech jerseys that were labeled like Michigan jerseys or something over the years. Yeah. And and just to uh, in the spirit of Dirk, let me paint the picture for those of you that don't see this visually and you're just getting the audio. David is wearing one of the most beautiful uh, Duluth jerseys in the history of their program, and it is the <laughs> quintessential 1990s. The bulldog. <laughs> with what I call the cheese head triangle behind it, angular stripes across the front, angular stripes on the sleeve. Everything was a diagonal in the 1990s. Nothing could be horizontal. <laughs> and this jersey is just so typical of that era. Um, this is a jersey that I actually had in my collection many years ago. It somehow went to somebody else, and it's now found its way to a UMD fan. So it's really cool. David broke it out for this little section of the podcast. You actually too, owned that talking. jersey, that specific jersey at one point? Yes, I oh, did. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. cool. And <laughs> yeah, and it was funny. These are really hard to get. And yeah. um, they're kind of like, if you get, if you really like them, you love them. And they're hard to find. They're like way too much. So what I did is I asked Ryan, like, hey, do you have any of these? Do you have any leads? He's like, I had one. Funny story. You know, it's up this one. Uh, what I ended up doing is there's these Facebook pages with game-worn jerseys and just a shot in the dark. And I'm like, hey, does anyone have a triangle dog jersey? And some guy messages me. I don't know who this person is. They're like, yeah, I know a guy. I'll, I'll let you know. A week later, nothing passes. Then he messages me. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to get a jersey from this guy. I'll let you know. 
And like another week passes and then he gets back to me. He's like, yeah, this guy's kind of shy. It may or may not work. And uh, then he like a few days later, he finally got back to me and we worked out the terms. We got it figured out. And this whole time I'm like, I could like send this check to this person. I could be totally like fucked. Like I'm so worried about this. And then I, I, I was able to, I sent him the send of the money and then I, I got it back. I got the Jersey. So I was super excited about that. And, it worked out through a random stranger on Facebook who knew a guy. Wow. And and I will say this, of the jersey that David is wearing is one of two of that style I have ever seen. That maroon jersey and one white jersey. And I owned both of them at one point. And literally, after searching for a decade plus, I acquired both of them within about six weeks. And they were <laughs> gone almost equally as fast. They went up on my website and just, you know, fanatical people like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen that. I've got to have that for my collection. And I and I worked some trades. And, and just as quick as they came, they were gone. But that's one of those jersey styles that as a WCHA fan, I always loved. I remember seeing them on the ice in person. And I thought, man, that'd be so cool to have. And it took a decade plus, And they finally came around. And then just like that, they were gone again. So I'm glad that at least one of them is with the diehard UMD fan now. I got the white coming. Well, Do you really? there's the pair. Yeah. The uh, game worn auctions.net. They had a auction. Uh, so they do, they do an auction like in the winter, they do a spring and then a fall auction. And once every four or five years, they might have a couple UMD jerseys. And this year they had like 15 and there were some gems in there. Really, really great ones. Uh, but I was able to snag a white triangle one. So I have both a white and a maroon triangle now. Nice. So I'm pretty, I'm super happy because, yeah, I'll be having the, those are not going anywhere for a long time. So they'll be staying, they'll be staying with me for a long time. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, we'll have to put that picture up of uh, of those jerseys. I, Ryan, do you have pictures of them from your archives? Sure. That yeah, absolutely. Send them over to Matt so we can, basically anything we talk about, you should either send him the links or or whatever and get him to Matt so he can get him in the liner notes for when we do this one on because we'll probably try and produce both of these this week so we don't have sure. any work to do around Christmas yeah so I guess it's pretty widely considered that Michigan Tech has the best or some of if not the best jerseys in college hockey I think the hundredth jersey, hundredth season jersey, fits right in with that. I know Ryan's mm-hmm. a little disappointed that they didn't go all out with the the fabric choices and some actual and like velvet stripes <laughs> and helmets and gloves and all that stuff, <laughs> like like Minnesota did. Even though we completely make fun of Minnesota for having gold breezers for their fancy jersey celebration, um. But I think on a on a more basic level of just what they look like and and the style, I think Michigan Tech has pretty much the best jerseys I've seen in the country. Um, and it does seem like now everybody's copying them with some kind of cream jersey. That seems to be a very common. That is a good thing point. now that teams are coming out with cream jerseys. We talked about. I guess I guess I should say we talked about the Michigan cream jersey. Was that at the beginning of this segment, or was that actually in the last episode? I think that I was the last one, now. but I don't. I'm one not of the sure. first things earlier today at some point. Yeah. So, let's just start by talking about maybe some of the the what teams are currently wearing and what 
some of you guys think are are the best out there besides Michigan Tech since we'll well, Biddy wasn't allowed on this podcast, according to Ryan, without admitting that Michigan Tech has the best jerseys in college hockey. I will give I will give Tech that yes, because the pretty much every single they have what four jerseys, I guess five now. All of them are a home run. Like they are all awesome. Uh, they have a, the cream, the gold is awesome. Uh, that kind of barber polish, black and gold, the road jersey. I love that one. That's probably my, actually my favorite is that the road black with the, with the striping and then the, the nameplate on the bottom. That's fantastic. Uh, tech is the, really the unique, up the game. The uniqueness of that one, it makes it one of my favorites as well. I was a little yep. leery of it when that one first came out, but that's one of my favorite ones to wear at this point as well. Yep. Wh- which one I was checking the bumble date. What's, what was, which jersey are we talking about? The road the black, black, the black road jersey, oh, okay. the, the cream and the gold. I'm always nervous wearing it all all night for yeah. a game and going out yeah. and going up to the bar afterwards. I'm going to spill something on it. The black one, I'm not so scared. Yeah. but I love that black one. It's great. What what I did is I made a list of like my favorite jerseys. Just I just picked one from each conference. So outside okay. of Tech, my favorite is Maine. So they have like the script uh, cursive Maine on the front. Uh, the, my favorite is the cursive white. things on the front. Who knew that was such a good design element? That is my favorite. Like if you get a cursive design, that's my favorite. Uh, and their white jersey, and they have like a kind of a dark blue and like a light blue is their school colors. Uh, so the main, the main home whites, those are my f- absolute favorite in college hockey. Uh, probably out, outside of tech. Um, for the uh, let's let's go west as we go. So. I just did BU. I like, I'm a big throwback guy. So I think the jerseys that teams first made, they're really simple. They're really basic, right? They might have one stripe on the arms, one stripe in the socks, maybe some lettering in the front. But like BU is one of my favorites. So it just says Boston. That's awesome. Uh, like one stripe on the arms. That's it. And they even had, uh, they had a throwback a couple years ago and they might still wear it. it just says Boston University on the front. And it's, a, I think it, they have a red and a white one, a couple, uh, arm stripes on it. I think that one's fantastic. Uh, another red and white team, Cornell. I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, they just have, I mean, it's just like a red wing jersey, but it says Cornell on the front. That's pretty much what it is. Um, in the Big Ten, I would say Wisconsin. Um, maybe a close second Michigan, but Wisconsin's just a classic. It has the Wisconsin kind of diagonal down the front of the chest. Uh, although the current ones, when they rebranded, they have like these, the stripes are kind of weird, but the, uh, their old ones are a little bit better. Uh, but I'm still a big fan of those. Um, with and then uh, Atlantic hockey, I'm just going to go with Air Force. I really like their mostly because of their breezers. They have like a lightning bolt on the breezers, which is pretty awesome. And in the NCHC, it's pretty hard to pick. I, I guess the homer pick is probably UMD. I just like the simplicity or just the bulldog head on the front. Uh, a few maroon and gold, like a uh, striping with maroon, white, and gold on the arms and. Uh, just some tri-lettering. So it's the, the letters on the jersey have uh, gold base and then it's uh, white and then maroon. Um, so they're pretty simple in design in that way. I also like St. Cloud's jerseys. Those are pretty sharp. That The logo on the front is always one of my favorites there. I think that's about it for kind of covering all my bases. All those right. Are, What's your favorite yeah. independent? Oh, I did put Arizona State. Arizona State is awesome. Like I love. Oh, they lose. They have the uh, Sharks are so much better. I do no, like. No. I do like Long Island's colors. <laughs> I, will, I will give Long Island a little bit of time. Long Island looks awesome with their light blue. 
Uh, but I'm not a big fan of the, the black breezers are okay, but they need like a white helmet or like a blue helmet to make it even better. But a first year program will give them, we'll give them that. But ASU is the best because they have, uh, now they have a gold breezer. They have maroon breezers. They have, they have a white, they have a gold, they have a maroon jersey. They have a lot of money to do that, right, Tim? Now, the only downside is they have a, they have a gray jersey, which I'm not a huge fan of, but they got some cool sublimation on it. Sublimation is you can put like a logo on it without having it stitched in there. So they have like the Arizona State flag, which is a big star with like the sun on it. It looks pretty awesome on the, on there, but I miss their old black jerseys they used to have. I don't know if they still have those anymore, but I love all the combos that ASU can do with gold helmets, white helmets, maroon helmets, black helmets, gray helmets. And everything in between. They have, They're like the Maryland of college hockey. Is that what you're saying? The Oregon. Uh, yeah, but not ugly. Not ugly stuff. Oregon. They're, the, they're Oregon. They're, they like to. Yeah. They are by far the only college hockey program that has more jersey styles than years of existence. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they must have like 200. They must have like 200,000 jersey combinations or uniform combinations with everything they have. I think they have like four or five of every style pretty much. There's quite a few of <laughs> quite a few styles they've had. I think if I'm going to throw a couple couple of programs in there before Ryan lists all of his insane knowledge yep. of of jerseys, I'd throw Merrimack out there. I think they've got a real cool set too. I really yeah, they, like yeah. the, the the big crest that they have in the middle of the one. I think it's their golds. It's got the crest mm-hmm. in it, and then they've got that uh, one that's got a unique striping set. Uh, if I remember right, on the bottom half of one of their jerseys, I think. Uh, and I'm partial to blue and gold. That was my high school colors growing up. So blue sure. and gold kind of, kind of you know looks looks good to me. The crest is fantastic, and then I do like Fairbanks' jerseys quite a bit too. I'm wearing one right now as well myself. An older throwback with uh, you know a cursive letter scheme on the front of it, right? Yeah, um, Fairbanks is, is always solid, which is nice. But I really like their color scheme and the big UAF on the front. Uh, I think looks really good from from their jerseys perspective as well. The Big Ten schools, most of those don't really do it for me. The special helmets for the, you know, the Wolverines, I could care less about those. And same with the Gophers, but See, I really like that, schools, but that's just me. Yeah, I think it's dumb. I think <laughs> it's, it's great. Know, it's dumb and great at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I love that, that crest on the front and then the big block letters on some of the Fairbanks series, I think are really good. Yep. And, and the Seawolves too. The Seawolves have a really yeah. unique color scheme. And the the Seawolf logo itself is a really unique yeah. mascot and logo across the front. Uh, that's that's really really nice, I think as well. Those would be my three schools I would add on to your list of really good jerseys as well. And I do I think you know UMD, yep. like you said, they I think have the best individual element, with the exception okay second best individual element on a jersey, right? The UP on the jerseys that's spreading on the UP schools yep. I think is the best. Yep patch you can put on a jersey and that's a complete and total homer thing but it's a unique thing that people don't recognize if they don't know what they're looking at but the lift bridge on Duluth's jerseys as a patch is awesome as well I love that thing on the jerseys and I love the controversy if you will that it spawned when it first came out one of the most (laughs) funny things I have read on Twitter in a long time was the whole why are they putting a hockey net on their jerseys when anybody that's ever been to Duluth knows what it looks like well, what the story was is there was a guy. He uh, does like he he uh, works for like athletic departments, does designs for him, and he did a top jersey countdown. And when he got to UMD, they were like two or three or four, whatever they were, and he didn't know what the patch was. So they have this patch. It has the the Duluth Lift Bridge, and then it says UMD under it. And in the in the write up he had, he thought it was a hockey net. 
even though it was <laughs> clearly a lip bridge. And boy, Twitter swarmed on him and everyone. So everyone now, whatever we chat, you're always like, oh, the lip bridge jersey or the, uh, the you're like the goal. Oh, the goalie net jersey. I'm like, ah, yeah, I know. But no, good, good point. That is that that patch is uh, really, really awesome. I'm so glad UMD. Uh, put those, those two patches are fantastic. The UP patch where you. Yeah. You get a star for where the town is, and I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Lake State put it on a jersey this year, I think. They, they've got. Maybe. They've got they it on the back. Or, or Northern did one of the one of the two. Yeah. Other UP Northern did. I think on. Northern did. But uh, I, that needs to be on a jersey. If you're in a UP, you should have that on, yep. your, on your jersey somewhere. Right? I think it's fantastic. Uh, for sure. And then the lift bridge is 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 great as well. Those are cool little mm-hmm. unique elements. The town that you're from that really make the jersey stand out as not being cookie cutter. And a, and a stamped, you know, easy format that you picked from some program. You, you actually throw your own style on it. I think it's really yep. a good, a good element to add to a jersey. Yeah, and I think uh, you know that's one of the reasons we probably disagree a lot, Rob. Is you know you like the very traditional styles, and college hockey in general is very traditional. You know, you've got the arch name over the number, or you've got a diagonal name across the front, or you know, maybe you have a, a mascot on the front, but really uh, visual mascots and logos are kind of on the rare side. Uh, you touched on the um, the jerseys out east for uh, Merrimack doing the school crest. That's really taken off in the ECAC. Are there other schools, uh, a lot of schools are doing that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sacred Heart did it for many years. Uh, it's really popular out east and, and there's some great looking jerseys because of it. Now, for my focus, I'm always looking for something a little original, a little different. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up another Husky school, which is actually UConn. One of those schools where people go, UConn, hockey, who cares? Um, They did a phenomenal jersey from a creativity standpoint. And David touched on sublimation. It's basically where the, the color is dyed into the fabric. So UConn has this beautiful jersey. It starts out dark blue in the shoulders and over the course of the jersey body fades to a gray by the time it gets to the bottom and that carries right through the front of the jersey and the shoulders and then they kind of clean it up with some stripes on the sleeves but it's one of those things where if you know the capabilities of the technology the manufacturer has and you really exploit it to the max that's the kind of jersey you get where nobody else has anything like that in college hockey and it just stands out as something very unique, very cool, not traditional in any way, shape, or form, but something when you see it for the first time, you go, wow, okay, there's somebody who thought outside the box and used technology to their advantage, which sadly to say, Tech really has not done with their one-off jerseys that have been sublimated for the auctions where they could have just done anything they dreamed of. And they're like, Let's put single color block numbers on. Let's put horizontal stripes and we'll slap a logo on it and call it good. And I just as a collector go, oh, my gosh, so much missed potential, so much missed opportunity. Um, But this Yukon design, if you look it up online or maybe we'll share the picture, is just something you won't see. Yeah. Ryan, have you have you actually like reached out to them talking about this kind of stuff when they've done their one offs? I've kind of raised the subject a couple of times with Cal and I guess Gary had kind of been in charge of it in the past, but you know, unfortunately I think it kind of falls in the same category as what you're running into um, trying to get the jerseys ordered for them. 
It's a task. They have to check off their list like, hey, we've got to design an alternate jersey for this auction. Let's just get it done. We got other stuff to do. Whereas, you know, maybe somebody like me that has more of a passion for it, I might sit there and slave over it for hours, if not weeks, if not months, and fine tune every detail. But but I think what they don't understand is you would do that for them. Sure. I mean, for me, it would be a thrill of a lifetime to see something really unique, and I'd probably probably go over the top, and they might have to, whoa, Ryan, let's scale it back a little bit. We can't do all of this. But when you're doing a sublimated design, really the sky is the limit because you got to print the fabric, whether you put one color or a hundred colors or swirls or curves, and you know, for them to just do block numbers and letters and horizontal stripes, I'm like, you can do that on any jersey and sublimation should you really do like what Yukon did it's just totally out of the box yeah, if, I mean like that that last auction jersey that they did with the the like the the dog shelter or pet shelter one like if they had done something cool with the general design like who care like and and prettied up the logo a little bit like even if the logo doesn't really change if they had just done something unique with that jersey yeah the value would have been a whole lot more, but that, that, uh, no offense, but that jersey was like, it felt like they took five seconds. They looked at the, the this, yeah, it was a, it wasn't even that. It was like, it was like, here's your choice. This is zero seven on generic templates, cut, paste, we're done. Yeah. Instead of taking like a couple hours of Brad's time or whoever's doing something like that can, can really, get like a hundred dollars more a jersey if you make it so people aren't just buying it because of what it is but how it actually looks and i think one of the points that i discussed with some of you offline is that very first year when we did the camo jerseys and it, it was it was a military tribute and you know the disappointing part of that is the flag was presented incorrectly on there and for something that was to honor military people the flag is very important to them. And to have that misrepresented on the jersey, I just thought was very disappointing, you know, and it just showed that, you know, either the the review of the design wasn't there or the effort wasn't there to start with. Uh, and it was kind of sad to see that happen. I get it. It happens every day. But uh, for something like that, for military tribute and to not put the flag on the jersey correctly is like, uh, that was kind of painful to see. Yeah, you would have thought that that's something that the that CCM or whoever made those jerseys yeah. would know. Yeah. And, and it, at the very least would have been like, yeah. Yeah. Are you sure you know, this, this is isn't right? the way it should be. Like, are you sure you want to do it this way? Cause it's backwards. Right. Yeah. And the other thing uh, with the lend paw this past year, even something as simple as let's do a three color outline number, something that would cost you a boatload if you were doing it in twill but in sublimation, it costs you $0. It's just taking the time to put it in the design or doing some special font for the numbers. Zero cost add, but you had to make that investment in terms of time. And like you said, it came out looking like a practice jersey. Let's slap some single color black block numbers on the back and call it good and move on to the next thing. So maybe it's host the design contest. Who knows? You know. They do it in the minor leagues yeah, all I think, the time. I think we would have been better <laughs> off if we let Dallas's daughter pick the number, like the the <laughs> font and the coloring and all that stuff. And like it probably would have been cool. Like 
Yeah, I would have rather seen them skate around in right. like, colors that don't even fit them for what it was. Yeah. Just to be different, you know, than that thing. Like, it just wasn't... Yeah, it's... you could definitely tell that either either one of two things happened. One of them was the fact that the the charity was what it was made them feel like they couldn't do a whole lot better. Or two... They waited too long to do this and just had to get it done, and it was kind of forgotten about, and it and it was disappointing, and they left yeah. money on the table. They did, yeah, and in because fact, I uh, wasn't interested in one. I think a lot of the interest came from just guys like you that like they wore it. I need to have one. Versus, I really want to have this jersey because if you had somehow not gotten one, I don't think you'd have had a hard time getting one of those. Yeah, as you do with the camel. You talk about the jerseys designed by kids, and that's actually kind of a common thing in the minor leagues, and I've seen it in the USHL, where they give the kids a jersey outline, and they send in a little colored drawing of this is what the jersey should look like, and that's what they wear on the ice. They reproduce that jersey in a sublimated construction, and it's (laughs) right down to the awkwardly written numbers and letters, and it is literally the closest thing to what that child designed, and People kind of eat it up. They're like, that's really unique. This is what, uh-huh. and it says on the jersey sometime, designed <laughs> by Timmy, age seven or whatever. Uh, and, and they're raffled off for charity. So even that's something I'd be interested in seeing just because it's different. One of the things I've seen in a lot of soccer jerseys over the last couple of years is like a faded map or whatever of the area. What about a, a tech hockey jersey with like the Uper loop in the background somehow, you know, faded? That would be... That would be fantastic. I would buy that. And I definitely don't need more jerseys. <laughs> like the or or the the new the one of the lift bridge itself meme going around, Rob, where they replace oh, yeah, the I've seen loop that. with like There's the, also the there's somebody that uh, they're doing a charity like sweatshirts and t-shirts um where it's the bridge in like the simplest crayon picture and it says like H O on one side, H A on the other, and like bridge or water, and it points to the lift bridge, and it's like drawn on the back of a napkin while you're, you know, at, with a crayon at Perkins at three a.m. and it's just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but something like that faded in the back that makes it unique into the area. Those map jerseys are really cool. I, I'm a huge fan of maps in general. I mean, there's yeah. one over my shoulder, right? There's, there's yeah. more around normally, but. Uh, you know, to throw the Uper loop on there somehow would be really cool to see too. Sure, yeah, exactly, something we'll like, like that. Put like on there. In make the background. that uniqueness. Cool yeah, too. you can do the Q and A like yeah. somehow. Well, it'd be kind of cool if they just had something where it was kind of like, uh, uh, like the view from Houghton, and then the top, like right here on the jersey, you can see like Quincy Mine or something. Yeah, yeah. the mine, the mine uh, shaft is another huge. Uh, unique element that could be incorporated into design somehow there's tons of things that could be done like that if you know the project is given like you know ryan saying to someone who who wants to take the time to make that unique jersey look really well and make it a passion project if you will right instead of a a task off a list and i will say going back to the hundredth jerseys for this year i think cal did a phenomenal job and the rest of the team that designed that he was showing me some concepts Uh, even last year when I was sitting uh, in the hotel uh, at the uh, Bowling Green series, I believe it was, he was showing me some of the things that he had already worked up at that point. And you can tell in the finished product, the time and effort they put into it, and it came out phenomenal. 
Would I like to see felt, felt letters and numbers? Sure. But I mean, that's a cost thing straight up. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. the design element to have the striped sleeves, the Michigan College of Mines shoulder patch, uh, to create that old time Huskies logo from the 20s, all winning elements. And it's all new. We haven't seen it for almost 100 years. So it's something new and unique. Ryan, the Jersey guy, likes it. And I'm sure a lot of other fans did, <laughs> as is evidence, you know, by the interest you got in that Jersey order. A lot of fans responded positively to it. So that's just an example of when you do put in the time and the effort, you can hit a home run every time. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, and it, it it was amazing to see. Like, I really like how the MCM turned out on the, the jerseys. I know Dustin isn't a huge fan because he likes his not perfect one a little better, but I th- I don't think they could have really uh, pulled it off much better. Like I, I hope that patch has life at tech and it finds its way on, like maybe that patch ends up on the uh, uh, opposite the UP on the black Jersey going forward or something like that, or, or stays on a cream Jersey after this, whatever. Um, no, I think that that was a really cool, well done logo and and compared to a lot of the other like classic logos like the detroit tigers old school tiger like the husky what did i the call husky it bear? yeah Bra- I think uh, you're Bra- calling it yeah, yeah. <laughs> the husky bear yeah like the husky bear logo i think like it pulls off what it does without looking stupid like like i think it looks really good for being a replica of something done it was it 1930s? Is that what it's supposed to be? 2627. 2627. Yeah, so you, even older than I thought. Like it's, it does a really good job of looking like that without looking too cartoonish in the present day, like some of the old school logos did. Um, I know the one of the quick comparisons was the old Tigers logo, and I can't remember some of the other ones that were brought up. But like, and I know there's a couple people, including. Uh, Gina that doesn't like it at all and I'm like because it looks I think it looks too cartoonish to her and I'm like well but it's supposed to be a replication of what was done in the 1920s and in the 1920s they didn't have computers to get the the pretty husky face we have like the the smooth lines and all that stuff like it's a little more patchwork than that and I thought he did a stellar job of getting it like finding a way to weave those elements together without making it feel like it's a collage, right? That's just patchwork, but still getting like all those different feelings that make it work and 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 making it look like a decent jersey without having it. Uh, like obviously the coloring's different because it's a home jersey instead of like the black or brown jersey in that photo, but. No, I thought the elements really went together well compared to what you see in that photo. And I dig the like the I lo- I dig the sleeve striping because when I when I talk to Joe and Cal about it a little bit, the jersey that I looked at as the the template potentially for a Michigan Tech hundred season jersey, it was the um, I guess you could call it like the Bumblebee Bruins jersey that they wore on. Uh, uh, the the outdoor game on New Year's Day. I forget what, that, what they call it. The Winter Classic. 
Yeah. Yeah, the Winter Classic jersey that they wore a couple of years ago. And it came down to like the striping looks right, the coloring is right. Like that's kind of what I'm seeing. And then he basically does it in a cream and uh, black version, which is perfect for tech. Cause, um, but the only thing that I think tech should do is they have so many great jerseys. I kind of wish a second one of them was a dark jersey so they so they could have two road jerseys, two home jerseys instead of trying to find time for three jerseys to be worn at all the home games and then the blacks get worn half the year. Like, that's weird to me. One last question for the jersey talk. Yep. Of the jerseys that Michigan Tech is currently wearing, what's your favorite? David? I already answered this, but I'll, I'll change my answer. I will say the gold thirds because the old gold third was really ugly and this is the much, much better with it. Like the one Bethlehem owns, that one? Yep. That's what you're talking about? Yes, That's I the am. One? Yeah, the, da- the dazzle. Yeah. Just, just the armpits because they have like the they have like the armpits that are black. So like you raise up your arm and like the below the armpit and down to the bottom of the jersey is black. It just... And whoever, the dazzle... Just, I hated that font that. too. The dazzle era in general is a little to me. I the can't da- stand the dazzle. fine. I like dazzle. I, it's just no. for some reason they got... They put decided to make them like cooler so they have like mesh under the armpit and like in, through the arm and it's just like... They they kind of look like uh, the old uh, Calgary Flames jerseys, uh, and they're just terrible. So I guess I went with like one of my least favorites, like my favorites jerseys. Anyway, yeah, and I'll say uh, current style they're wearing. Hopefully, they have worn it by the time you hear this. Uh, it's got to be the hundredth. Uh, like I, I just <laughs> yeah, they knocked it out of the park. And uh, after they kind of copied the blacks over to the whites, that was kind of eh, copycat. Didn't impress me. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the new whites. I I find them to be too similar to the blacks that were there and not unique. And I I, I really don't care for the whites. I, I was so hoping actually, the new oval dog was going to hit the whites, and it was. It just kind of felt like, oh my gosh, we got to order white jerseys. Let's take the black and copy it in a negative, and we'll do that. Okay, cool. We're done. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that hundredth jersey is beautiful. And I even recommend taking that the the dog logo, the husky dog, and making it the school logo instead of the rebrand that they did. That, that's what I would do. <laughs> the prudential husky you don't like? The husky bear? Not no, it's just too generic. The current the current one, but oh well. Yeah, I, I like the three color road blacks. I think they're my favorites, and they're really. It's really tough for me to decide between the script yellow and cream, golden creams, and then in that. Because all three of those, I just think, are are awesome jerseys. But the the road ones are unique. The the striping with its bit of asymmetry and the different size striping, I think, is a really nice touch that you don't see usually. That striping tends to be consistent. And having that one large stripe in the middle, that jersey is, has become my favorite jersey. It's the one I pick most weekends to start with. And then because of whatever superstitious reasons, I always bring two jerseys anyways. And if you lose, you have to switch. But uh, I, I usually start out with the, the road black. That one's by far my favorite. And even though Dirk doesn't like that the names get tucked in the breezers, old school names below the letters, <laughs> once again, different, it's, original. Kudos to Tech for doing it. Yeah. See, Only I don't hate uniqueness, Ryan. We agree that. on that. We agree on that. I don't hate uniqueness. <laughs> you just love tradition a lot more. Correct. I like the old school look rather than the modernish jerseys. That that would be an accurate assessment. I really have no problems, Ryan, if you get what you want with one style. But I don't think the black, the cream, or the gold need to change much at all, ever. 
Yeah, the, I, I think, honestly, the gold just needs to stay and not be messed with. Yeah. The cream, obviously, isn't always going to be there. The cream's a throwback style. You know, it, it, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. But I get it's going to be replaced at some point. The gold should never change, in my opinion. That should always be that. That should be like the baseline. 100%. That's the one jersey that always looks like it does. Yes. That jersey, to me, it it represents and means tech hockey to me more than anything else from a jersey perspective. It's what I grew yep. up watching. Little bits of variations to it, you know, but like you got, I think you got one over your shoulder there on the far edge of <laughs> of your picture. There is one of the golds yeah. with the white, uh, the white arm stripe is the one that I I recognize most from being a kid in the McGinnis, right? Yeah. That style of jersey is is fantastic. It should always be consistent and constant. And the gentleman change the rest of them. The gentleman from Colorado will concede that one set of jerseys should always have <laughs> the script Huskies across the front. I will concede sure. that point. There you go. They don't belong on black jerseys, though. They look weird. It looks odd on the blacks. When it was on the blacks for a while, I don't think it worked well. I don't like it on the blacks. It looks good on the cream. It looks good on the gold. On black, it looks just a little odd. That's a good point. Other than the the one that Bethlehem owns, the Husky gold pretty much has been the same, right? Well, I mean, there's been minor differences, but it's basically been that. Yes. Very similar to the current style. It was yep. white instead of that off-white cream color, but yep, it's been pretty much the same for a very long time, right? right? Yeah, really the only thing that's changed is there was a little lack of attention to detail, and all of a sudden the Huskies crest started going horizontal across the jersey. <laughs> and I'm like, no. uh, I don't think those got sewn on right, but it went like that for a couple of jersey sets where I suppose nobody caught it. And they're just like, well, they're already made and we're too cheap to re-get them done. So we're going to be the horizontal Huskies for three <laughs> years until we replace them. But it was weird that in that era that David's talking about where everything was dazzled, the Jamie Russell era, the the logo just kept rotating every year. And there was a black set that the tail goes horizontal across the jersey, which is not how that logo should be presented and uh, that's just how it ended up. And then they switched suppliers and the things straightened out or went back to being angled the way they should have been. All right. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Blah, 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 blah. You're not going to listen to this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Dr. McResson, for his don- generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com. If you want to hear the rest of the spiel, listen to a different episode. 